You are listening to My Anfield Experience from Four Fields of Anfield Road, the world's international LFC podcast. The first time I looked into your eyes, I cried. Do you remember the first time? Welcome to my Enfield experience. My Enfield experience is an official podcast of four fields of Enfield Road. We are at www.foresight, that's F-O-A-R-S-I-T-E.com, a great international community of Reds. I'm your host for the show. My name is Joe. Thank you for joining me, listeners. And my Enfield experience, which it's actually a really new show still. I mean, this is episode four. And this show, I spend 20, 30 minutes talking to LFC Reds from all over the world about themselves, about their life, and about their experience attending games, visiting Liverpool, visiting Anfield, the haloed home ground of Liverpool Football Club. And today... My special guest on the show is Kristen Wilkinson from Canada. Say hi, Kristen. Hello. How are you doing? I'm tired, but I'm okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Apologies in advance for the very cheesy opening music. (laughs) No, it was great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. We're really new into this specific show. I mean, you are really episode number four. Um, Mm. I have talked to Red's... uh, in from Malaysia, from Norway to Thailand, um, we've got actually three shows as well. Uh, three shows uh, in our regular podcasts. The teams in the, in Europe, uh, in Asia, as well as uh, in the US. Um, lots of people are tuning in, tuning into us, listening to our shows. Um, you know, but I, I really wanted to get you know do this particular show. Um, you know, just to get a bit more up close and personal um, with Reds, to find out a little bit more intimately about them, um, you know, what motivates them, what inspires them. Uh, so um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Kristen, first and foremost, to kick things off. Okay. Well, I am from just outside Toronto in mm-hmm. Ontario, Canada. Yeah. And I come from a Scouse family that, uh, that immigrated here. Okay. Back in the sixties. Okay. And I grew up in a household. On which side? That On which side was that? On my mother's side. Okay. So my granddad, he is from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And growing up, that's what you lived pretty much. Okay. Yeah. He's he's um assuming he's he's still around. Oh yeah, I live with uh, I live with them actually. Oh perfect. Um, mm-hmm. sorry, what's his name? If you don't mind me asking. His name is Stanley. Great, uh, Stanley. If you're if you if you're hearing this show, um, salute to you. Thanks for <laughs> for passing on your your uh, passion for the club to to the next generation, um, mm-hmm. as it were. So I guess when you were growing up, you've had a lot of lot of stories. 
Oh, yeah. Well, see, we didn't, we only had one television in the house. Mm -hmm. And he had control over everything we watched. (laughs) And everything was English shows and, of course, Liverpool games. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, I had really no other choice (laughs) in the matter. But it was, I kind of grew up around that culture, that atmosphere. Okay. And Liverpool was just the team you watched. Okay. And I grew up with that. How old is he now, though? He is going to be 84 this summer. Ooh, wow, mm-hmm. wow. Lifelong Liverpool fan as well. So he's, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's, seen, he's seen stuff, really. Oh, yeah. Well, what's his... And he, used to go, he used to go to the games back, back home and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what kind of stories would he regale you with? Are there any favorites that he would continue to bring? I say, oh, granddad, I've heard that like a million times. Any uh, favorite stories that he has? He, he loves sh- Shanks. Okay. Go, he, you'll go on about him for hours and hours and hours. He would have been around at that time as well. Oh, yeah. He was uh, still a young man at that time. Yeah. And he'll rant about the greatness of Kenny Dalglish and Indeed. those games and stuff. He remembers like almost all of them. Wow. Wow. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I've been a fan. <laughs> I'm certainly not 80, 82 or so, as you say. <laughs> but I've been a fan for about 30 years. So my, my interface with Liverpool's managers go not nearly as far as Bill Shankly. Um, mm-hmm. So Paisley, you know. Uh, Paisley Fagan. That's that's when I that's when I got in. Uh, that that alone, so much rich, rich experience and history, um, and seeing so many things that we, the club has gone through as well. Uh, you said uh, offline when we started that you had a very busy day, and apparently you had Bruce Wayne popping into your shop <laughs> as, a, as a customer. Tell us a little bit about the experience of inking Batman. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's been by once or twice before, but he he is actually big enough. He probably could be Batman. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he, uh, we get a few high-end clients that come to the shop. Okay. And today he decided to bring his Lamborghini with him, Suracan. Every once in a while, he'll bring the the Aston Martin with him too. Oh, right. And, okay. That's his weekend yeah. car, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's crazy. Uh, for, for, for people listening to this show unfamiliar uh, with you and your work, um, I guess in a way, for lack of a better term, your claim to fame um, yeah. is um, you're, you're a tattoo artist um, and you were featured actually by um, LFC uh, sometime last year, was it? Yeah. Um, Tell us a little October, bit about that. October, I believe. October. So you were on yeah. the you were uh, on their page or website or something. Tell us a little bit about that. I know you do you draw a lot of um, Liverpool stars, uh, the portraits basically. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but you know, as a profession, you're a you're a tattoo tattoo artist. Um, I think when I when we started this conversation, the the name initially may not resonate with some people, but now that I've to, we we're getting in, people might say, Ah, okay, I've seen her work mm-hmm. on on the, on Twitter. Um, so if you if you don't already follow her, she's at um, oh, sorry, what's her Twitter handle again? Uh, Silent KW One. Silent KW One. Yes, at Silent KW One. So go on to mm-hmm. her Twitter Twitter uh, profile and um, follow her. She you you post quite regular, relatively regularly. 
um, some videos of your ongoing work as well as final works as well? Mm -hmm. I try and post something at least once a day, you know, just to show people that I have stuff coming yeah. and what I'm working on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, who, what are you working on right now? Uh, for Mino, I'm working on that one. I decided to draw, try drawing him in pen. Okay. So it's taking me a while, but it's looking all right so far. How, how long How long does a typical portrait work last usually? I mean, uh, take? Um, well, because I work such long days, I only really have an hour or two okay. to a day to, to work on drawings for myself. Okay. So something like that would take in total probably 15 to 20 hours. Right. Over the course of two or three weeks, probably. Okay. And you're saying that you, you said that you're drawing now in, in pen. Mm -hmm. So, when I've, I've seen your, your previous works have, is, have been more in, in graphite and pencil, pencil type of work. Um, but now you're moving to pen. More colors also I, I am seeing. Yeah, I'm trying to give myself a bit more of a challenge. Okay. And because pen, there's that, always that risk of uh, making a mistake and you can't erase like you can in pencil. Yeah. So... It's a bit more concentration and it's also tends to be a bit more impressive, I suppose, because not everyone can do it and something I'd like to master. Okay. Okay. Um, you just led on actually to one of the questions that I had. Um, it's probably going to be a tough question to start off with. Okay. Now as an overall medium, as an overall medium, which canvas do you prefer? Paper or skin? Paper. Definitely paper. Okay, why? Well, paper doesn't bleed. It doesn't breathe. <laughs> it doesn't sneeze. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about how it heals. And paper won't quit on you if it's been too long. Mm -hmm. And I... I do generally enjoy drawing and painting more than I do tattooing. Okay. Because that's kind of what I always did. That's where my love is. Okay. Tattooing was a good career path yeah. to, to pursue art that way and earn a living. And you, you are obviously um, academically trained as, as an artist. Mm-hmm. I attended university for about four years. Okay. Got my degree in uh, visual and digital arts. Yeah. And also an art history. Oh, Unfortunately, nice. after that, I was unable to find a proper job. Okay. A, a proper job. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And enough to look after myself. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. yeah in the yeah. art field. Yeah. And tattooing was... Always something I was interested in it was what I wanted to do when I was a small child. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of steered away from that because okay. it was it wasn't considered a reputable career. Oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. it, uh, that perception has has changed somewhat, right? It's still, I mean, yeah. it's still, still changing, but yeah, like some people still kind of look down on it, but as you know, new technology is emerging and you get more artists are going into tattooing because it is an actual way to, you know, look after yourself. Yeah. And that way we bring those technical elements that we learned 
in school yeah. through like academic training mm-hmm. and you can kind of transfer it over to skin now yeah and you, people can create like masterpieces on the human body it's amazing yeah, yeah. This is a kind of a personal uh, interest of mine. Not not so much the tattoo tattooing part. Uh, I, as I said to you before the show, um, I used to work in an arts university. Uh, it's one of the leading arts universities uh, where I'm based at. Um, and, and my role, it, it was more of a business role. It's actually a business role. But my, my job um, was to actually help um, uh, artists, um, graduating artists, um, fulfilling careers, you know, and then say engage with industry uh, and possible potential employees to, you know, to hire these guys. Um, so I identify what you said, um, you know, uh, this difficulty uh, in professional artists in getting so-called proper careers um, mm-hmm. with an art degree. Um, so I am, you know, I'm, I'm very well aware of some of the thought processes and some of the struggles um, um, that these uh, graduating students um, uh, go through. Um, so, so I want to dwell a little bit on this topic then on this artistic um, side and creative side. I would like to ask you, what is your unique um, uh, artistic uh, process? How do you choose, um, say, and you do a lot of portraiture, right? Mm-hmm. You do a lot of portrait work. Um, how do you choose subjects? What is your process? What is your thinking and your thought process behind that? Well, I always, I try to go towards more interesting, unique faces. I, you know, older faces, okay. faces that have character, lines, scars. And because they tell a story, right? Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, they're actually easier to draw <laughs> than, say, a small child or a baby. Okay. Because it's too smooth. There's this very little to differentiate. Or how, how does, how, why is it more difficult or easy? Um, because or it is so smooth okay. that it has to do like a very gradual shade. Okay. And it's hard to find like a starting point. Yeah. If there's no real shadow on their face. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Um, you know this phrase, you know, they say the eyes are the windows to the soul. Mm. Um, would you say that eyes give you as an artist a peek into their soul and know who they are? And do you then see this? I know it sounds overly dramatic when I put it this way, but um, when you see a photo, uh, a print um, of anyone, and not necessarily a football player, but anyone, a character, a portrait, right? That gives you, okay, there's, there's a story um, that I can tell that it, tell there. Is that part of your consideration in the in your artistic uh, process? It does, because um, I do believe the eyes are actually the most important part okay. of a portrait. Yep. And they're usually what the feature I start with first whenever I do do the drawings. Yeah. Because if you cannot get the feeling, the emotion in their eyes to make them look alive, mm-hmm. um, the rest you can the rest of the drawing. You know, it's kind of, for me, it's it's ruined. There's no point in finishing it. Yeah, yeah. So say in, in a proportion of time that you would spend on, a, on, a, on the whole portrait, how much time in terms of percentage would you spend just on eyes? I'd say a good 40% wow. of my time is spent just to get the eyes right. 
amazing, amazing. Um, I, I'm, uh, and what's also amazing is that um, looking at the, uh, the, 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 the stuff that you've already done, um, I'm just looking at your Facebook page as well as your Twitter. Um, that's the first thing that strikes me is the eyes. So the, the work, um, the 40% of time that you spent just making the eyes right, um, it shows um, how you've captured not just incredible detail, but uh, because mostly you've been working in pencil. So um, how you've captured tonality, the richness and tonality mm -hmm. that speaks uh, 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 through as well. Now, now I want to talk a little bit about your feel as an artist. Okay. Um, how do you perceive the world in terms of sensory per perception? What do you prioritize as your preferred method with regards to your creative process? Oral, let me listen, listening, visual, touch, smell. Because it varies from artist to artist. What is your preferred method? Either visually or orally. Like sometimes I'll just be laying in my room or just walking around and mm -hmm. I always have my music on all the time. And sometimes a song will come on and the emotion behind it mm -hmm. will somehow inspire me to draw a certain person or draw an animal or object. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Okay, let me pose another question to you. Uh, so I saw this a couple of days ago. Um, I thought that was an interesting question to ask, okay? Mm. Um, which is worse, to be blind or to be deaf? We actually were discussing this the other day at work, myself and the other artists. Okay. For me, definitely would be blind blindness. Okay, why would is be that? Worse. Cause it just takes away everything. From from me, it, I'd to lose my hearing before I lose my sight. Okay, and and uh, has anyone? Uh, uh, pitched on that it's worse to be to be deaf and what what did they say yeah um my my boss actually thinks that being deaf would be worse okay and he says that mm -hmm. why well he really likes enjoys his music i suppose i guess <laughs> that's why he said that but i'm i was thinking to myself but you're an artist <laughs> what, you think losing your hearing is worse <laughs> Well, um, it's interesting that you say losing sight is, is more important because because my earlier question, you said that you perceive orally um, mm -hmm. through listening and that that triggers um, some inspiration in you, some emotion um, in you uh, with regards to, to, to creative input. Um, obviously, you know, you can make an argument for either one. Uh, some people say, you know, if you don't see, then, you know, you can't. I guess I, I guess it also means you know whether you're bo uh, uh, blind from birth or someone loses their sight um, mm -hmm. uh, you know in their adulthood um, and also some people say okay if you lose your hearing um, it, it becomes very lonely um, although you can see but but basically no one can hear you it seems like you know there's this there's this shut off you're like in your own uh, 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 cocoon. So it's an interesting, I thought it's an interesting um, um, uh, question to ask. So, mm -hmm. so now, okay, you said that you, 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 you're now uh, academically trained as an artist. 
um, you try to to look for say um, work as maybe an independent artist or uh, basically just to function as that but okay it didn't so work out so so well uh, then okay uh, tattooing is a professional uh, and viable um, career so then how is your passion and experience as an artist translated into your work um, as a tattoo artist what, what what kind of skills and what kind of thought process and cre this creative process that we've been talking about translated over to to your work in tattoo artistry well um I have a good understanding of shading and tones and values. Okay. And also, I specialized in a few classes on color theory. Okay. So when it comes to doing color pieces, I know um, how to mix, how to blend to get certain colors a certain way and do shadows yep. and textures. Because mm -hmm. I have one of my coworkers that isn't academically trained. Okay. Doesn't really understand how to use color properly to okay. make it look real for example okay and now of course now you when you're as a tattoo artist working on someone's um artwork on their body um how, how does it work do most people come in with a clear idea of what they want i said they give you a piece of you know a piece of art say, okay i want this just recreate it you know line for line, color for color, tone for tone? Or do you get people who come in and say, okay, I'm open, I have this general idea, but I'm open to to your input. So... Yeah, the, I'd say the majority of people know pretty much what they do want. Okay. Some people will bring in reference pictures or some people will bring in pictures of other people's tattoos that they've been inspired by. Mm -hmm. So you kind of get an idea of where they'd like to go with their piece and you design something original for them. Okay. And then the odd time, you'll get somebody that says, I don't really know what I want. Here's a basic idea, just kind of, you're the artist, do your thing. Mm -hmm. Or then sometimes I have, you know, regular clients that are just like, fill me up, you know, just right. add more stuff. <laughs> okay, fill in the gaps, basically. Yeah. Okay. And how how have you been able to manage um, possible... Pos okay, cust you know, they say there's this statement, right? Customers are always right, but actually they're not, mm. they're not always right. We know that. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so they say they want something and you have another idea. You think something else works better. How do you manage, um, balance that their need with your view as an artist? Well, you, you kind of learn over time how to speak to people to try and show them that your idea, you have a very fan, good idea. Okay. It just may not translate properly to skin. Okay. And so you show them other ideas and usually that will get them excited and they're like, oh, okay, maybe we can do that instead. Which <laughs> is fantastic because everything, something might look good as a drawing or a painting, okay. but as a tattoo, it's not, say, possible, or it may not, you know, turn out the way they'd like it to. Okay. Can you give me an example? Um, well, this person here? wasn't my client. He was one of the other artist's client. He wanted to, he wanted to get a lion with wings. Okay. And he wanted to get a lamb with wings, but he wanted the lamb to be muscular. Okay. And wanted it to be 
defeating the lion and you're thinking to yourself, okay, he has an idea, but as a tattoo that may not look that good. Yeah. So you have to think, okay, he wants he wants like purity, but he wants strength and bravery. So you have to kind of come up with an idea that represents that as well. Those ideas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said lion with wings. That reminds me of the Venetian. Um, that's a symbol of Venice, isn't it? Lion with wings. It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, let, let's talk a little bit about... Okay, last... Was it last year or was it this year you attended... Um, uh, you went to Liverpool. So you... you I did. You, how many times have you have you been there? I went to England twice last year. Okay. And I managed to get up to Liverpool both times. Okay. The first time I didn't do too much exploring because... It was my first time okay. on a vacation, and I don't didn't really know where I was going. Okay. <laughs> but the second time, I did go up to Liverpool. I was a bit more confident. Yeah. Okay. What did you get up to? Did you did you watch a game? Did you go to Anfield or was it outside? Unfortunately, I didn't manage to get to a game. I okay. did go to the outside of the stadium, which was fantastic. Okay. That itself was amazing. Okay. And tell us a little bit about that experience. Well, because you see pictures, but when you actually go there, it's like, wow, that's it. That's it right there. The buzz and the, the whole... Because mm-hmm. I have seen Liverpool play, mm-hmm. but they were playing here in Toronto. Okay. And that was pretty cool. When was that? Oof. Early that? 2000s, I think. Yeah, yeah early 2000s. A long time ago. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, how how has your all these stories that your 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 granddad has regaled you with over the years um, translated to you know your actual experience you know uh, your affinity with the local culture with the locals and all of that what what was your own discovery? Well, I love the people there. Okay. They're all very warm and outgoing and fan- and lovely people. When I went there. A lot of people actually recognized me, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Because they follow your and, work as well. Yeah, because they followed me on Twitter. Even the hotel manager upgraded me to a suite and stuff. <laughs> wow. in my hotel there, yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And how long were you there? That's this, this most recent. Uh, I was just in Liverpool for 24 hours, pretty much, because I had actually gone up there to get a tattoo done. Oh, okay. So... I spent a good eight hours in the chair getting that getting that done. And then the next day I wandered around a bit before heading back to London. What did you get? I got a Doctor Who portrait. Ah, yeah. yes, I saw that one. Mm-hmm. I saw that one. That's interesting. Big Doctor and, Who fan, are you? Oh, big Doctor Who fan. And I'm going back there in the at the end of May. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get some more done. Very excited. Oh, perfect, perfect. Apparently, you're also a Top Gear fan. Love Top Gear. Original <laughs> Top Gear, of course. Me and my wife, we, we can't get enough of... Uh, uh, well, now it's it's uh, the Grand Tour. Grand Tour, did, yeah. Did, did, you, did, did you finish the uh, latest series? It's hilarious. So hoot. Yeah, no, I'm still, I'm still working on it. Okay. We're almost done, though. It's, um, they've kind of found their groove, actually, this, uh, this, this season. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the trio they just they just have this chemistry together so they can go anywhere to the ends of the earth and, and they'll still be good still quite funny so funny <laughs> I can't remember laughing as hard as I, I do when I watch those, that show 
Okay. Um, I want to end on some inspirations. Okay. So mm. um, now you've gone through this process, um, you know, graduating with an art degree, um, artistic training, trying to make it as an independent artist or, you know, in that field, uh, not working out and then um, then utilizing and using those skills that you have as an artist, as a professional tattoo artist. Um, but there are other, other artists also going through this process. What would you say now to artists aspiring to make it as independent artists but facing discouragement? Try not to listen to those people. <laughs> <laughs> discouragement, um, you mean? Fo- fo- you know, follow what you, th- you, what you think you want to do. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to wander around, you know, doing other things and you're going to be thinking, what if the whole time? And in the end, you just have to take risks. I risked a lot to try becoming a tattoo artist. I quit a job that was steady. It was going to take me places. It was more suitable mm-hmm. as a career. And But the tattooing thing just kept calling me. And in the end, I quit that job and you know just tried it out and in the end it was meant to be and you enjoy it that's most important love it terribly stressful some days mm-hmm. very stressful some days oh my god <laughs> but i do love my job wonderful to hear that okay i'm going to end um with uh, 10 questions i call them the pivot questions they're actually inspired um from a show I used to watch called Inside the Actors Studio. I'm not sure whether you're familiar. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, James Lipton. Um, at mm-hmm. the end of every episode, um, he asks his guests 10 pivot questions. Uh, pivot is actually um, the surname of Bernard Pivot. Um, so he, he used to host a French show, and that's where these questions came from. So I'm going to ask you these 10 questions. Don't think too hard when I ask you them. Just give the first answer that, that pops up to uh, at the top of your head, okay? It just gives mm-hmm. a sense of who you are. Okay? Okay. Okay, first one. What is your least favorite word? Moist. <laughs> okay. And what, is, what is your favorite word? Favorite word. You know, I, I, I can't think of a favorite word. <laughs> okay. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Um, hmm. Probably, you know, you know, I don't even know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. Okay, what turns you off? Uh, negative criticism. What's your favorite curse word? Ass. What sound or noise do you love? Uh, rain falling. What sound or noise do you hate? Buzzing or humming, like overhead lights or people that are humming. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I'd probably go back and because I am a registered vet tech. That's what I was doing before tattooing. Okay. And I did enjoy that. So I'd probably go back to doing that. Okay. And what profession would you not like to do ever? I like to do ever probably an accountant <laughs> my boyfriend's dad's an accountant and it doesn't sound very fun you and i both okay and last question if heaven exists 
what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You tried your best. <laughs> Indeed you did. Thank you very much, Kristen, for joining me on the show. It was a pleasure to have you on. No, thank you. Now, we know that genius takes time. Any work of significance requires dedication, commitment, and perseverance. And as my chat with Kristen shows, a keen observational eye for the details. Many fans just want wholesale changes and are equally quick to condemn players and tactics without first trying to understand the process or context of the hows and the whys. We can already see that Klopp's vision for Liverpool is coming together. We are this close to seeing the final artwork that Klopp has been drawing since he started as manager in October 2015. As he stays committed to this path of renewal, let us stay committed to the path of support. Well, we've come to the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening in. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcasts. We are found on iTunes and on any number of Android applications. Just search for FOAR, F-O-A-R, or FOARCAST, F-O-A-R-C-A-S-T, and we'll probably be one of the top search results. So until next time, take care. Bye. We share will